0: I just know some of us grew up and thought church was boring, <laughs> and we're like, I don't know what to do. Hey, uh, we're, we're going to get into the 80s. This is going to be fun. I, we're going to get nostalgic. For those of you who remember the 80s, this should be fun. Some of you are like, don't, you, don't even, you weren't a part of the 80s at all, and that makes some of us feel really old. Uh, but before, before we go after the 80s, I'd like to do a bit of a save the date, a little bit of an announcement that you need to know about because you may not be thinking about it. It's in six weeks. It's most famously known as Easter. And, and I don't know how you do with calendars, uh, but six weeks. I'm not going to tell you a whole lot about this. I'm just going to tell you that uh, I am ecstatic about this. And, and you need to know there's some new rules for Easter for us as Fountain Springers. Typically, we would go to the Civic Center. We're not doing that this year. We're going to be at our locations. We're excited about it. But that means there needs to be tickets. So you see this guy? This is where you go to get tickets. You need to get tickets. If you're like, I don't want to get tickets, well, then you you can't come. Uh, You need a ticket because here's the deal. We have a tendency as a church, when we gather, a lot of the seats go away. They get filled, which is a great problem, a good thing, and I want you to have a seat. So if you want to be a part of the Easter services, you need to go get tickets, and they are opened up now. You can actually just tune me out if you want, but please don't. But you need to get tickets. We're going to have lots of services. Don't worry. Don't worry. And I'd like for you to invite some folks, because I'm excited about the theme this year that I will not tell you today, just so you know. But it's going to be awesome, and I hope you know we're planning for Easter. Six weeks, start inviting folks, but get your tickets. You need to get your tickets. You should get your tickets. Do you understand why I'm telling you this right now? Because I think you ought to get tickets. You clear on that? Okay. Uh, I want you to be here, and I I want you to actually invite folks and help them get tickets. They're free, by the way. If this is new to you, you're like...
1: They're selling tickets
0: to church? No, they're free. They're free, but it guarantees you a seat. So uh, make sure you do that. I thought at this moment, though, that we would need a little bit of help getting back into the 80s mood. So for your enjoyment, uh, let's go back to some music. Take a look. awesome. So the 80s gave us a lot. Uh, Whether you were from that decade, or you were young, or you just hear about it, it it gave us a lot. One of these. If you've ever, well, tried to figure it out, some of you can solve it, some of you just solved it in your mind, you're that kind of a person. Uh, The 80s gave us a lot, not just this and Rubik's Cubes and hoverboards and and, and music, the movies, can, can we go, let's just go there for a little bit. Just, I don't know if you, if you remember a little bit of, if you've, if you've seen these, and hopefully you have. Uh, Back to the Future, Star Wars, classics, Goonies, yeah, see, now we're, now we're there. Uh, Top Gun, okay, okay, stop for a second. If you have not watched Top Gun, you need to if you want to be an American, <laughs> it's, it's not official, but, and then perhaps one of the classics, I mean the classics, right, uh, some of you, uh, Katie kind of makes fun of me, I, I like sci-fi, and, and I think this is actually real, and, uh, <laughs> but uh, just, just remember, if you don't know what the 80s brought, some of the best movies, but, but music too, I thought we put this together, I don't know what you liked, tried to kind of put it all together, uh, some of you are like, Why, why'd you put run DMC?" Well, if you don't know this about uh, your pastor, uh, I grew up with rap. I know some of you have strong opinions about rap and you're wrong, and, and you need to know that <laughs> that rap is the true, good music that exists. Uh, so the, okay, okay, TV I don't, TV changed actually in the '80s and and brought us about, well, come on, we have a little bit of, we, we connect to this, Last on the Prairie, Dallas, which I never got into, uh, whatever. Uh, obviously, you know, I love Transformers, have a son who loves it, Knight Rider, of course, the best TV show of all time. I'll get, I'll get at that later on. But, okay, more serious, more serious 80s, the Berlin Wall. And many of us, if you, if you again, were, were alive, you remember that. You remember uh, the tension and perhaps... It began a new era as we watched the news unfold. And we saw things that had been in place for a while completely and dramatically change. And, and our president for nearly in the entire decade, Ronald Reagan. And, and I know many of us have different opinions. But I would tell you, he, he led our nation during that time. And, and you remember the speech. And you remember some of his leadership. In fact, now he's often even still spoken of. The 80s. Brought so much, but, but there's, always, there's always that. See, the reason we're doing a decade series is because the 80s may be completely unfamiliar to you, but you know what, I wasn't even born in the 80s, whatever. Listen, the 80s impacts all of us. In fact, I, I, would, I would tell you that, that when you look at, at different decades, every single decade had a, has a vice, if you don't know what vice is, just it's a weakness of character. If you look back at the past 10 years every time, well, you can look back and say, what were we good at and, and what was fun, right? The good movies, good music, what was going on politically? But if you look back at every single decade, you can identify a weakness in our cultural character. Well, with the 70s, we brought it up. It's this idea of excuse or feeling oriented. I'm just going to do it because I want to. Well, the 80s, well, it went after something, and it wasn't good, and that's what we need to unpack and see what God has to say about it. Uh, CNN did has done a documentary on each decade. Uh, I, I thought what they said was, was spot on. The, the line between greed in the 80s, the line between greed and financial success began to blur. Again, if you're not from this decade, let me just help you understand, Uh, when when you look at the 80s, what began to transition, when we went from excusing our behavior and these feelings to just going after everything. In other words, in the 80s, we figured out how to get more. That's what happened in the 80s. We went after in in an aggressive way, what do you want, what do you feel like you should have, And and it became a decade consumed by that if i can give you i can give you trigger words that, again just so for clarity at least for my own just confidence uh, i was i was a, I was a kid during the 80s so you're like oh wow how old are you? okay i was a kid but but what i read is this that some of the trigger words in the 80s things that were invented or at least used a lot were words like i am i am working perhaps you use that or i am busy became actually something to say with pride Oh, hey, hey, where's your dad? Why is he not at the game? Oh, he's working. Oh, okay, oh, okay. You see, that became a part of the 80s and it became very normal. In fact, terms like whoever dies with the most toys wins. That was an 80s thing. See, the 80s, although fun, had character flaws. And I wonder, I wonder, I wonder how many of us no matter how close you are or far you are from the 80s, I wonder how many of us have taken on the vice, that vice from the 80s. Let's, let's see what Jesus had to say about this. Beware. Warning. Guard against every kind of greed. Notice every kind, there's multiple kinds of greed. Some of us kind of like lock it into just this, this one singular money conversation. Guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. We, we know that. In theory, <laughs> we know that, but, but can we admit that we at, least, we, we at least know someone consumed with this idea of getting more, more something, more, more, more. and more? And if you've ever been tempted, if you've ever seen a commercial, if you've ever been in a store or driven by a car lot, and, and you're a normal human being... <laughs> And, and all of a sudden, you're like, why do I want that? I mean, you ever think about that? that? That you weren't even thinking about it. But then all of a sudden, someone brings it up, and you're like, I, have, I, I, need, I need that. I have to have that. My life is now incomplete since they brought that up. I thought I would go after temptation for a little bit. Let me help you understand temptations. Our temptations are, are tempting because we crave more. From the beginning, we have been craving things that we don't have, positions we don't have, money we don't have, opportunity we don't have, and it's actually become a craving. Something that's in you that's saying that when you get it, it's like, yeah, that was good for a little bit. Now I need more. Do you remember as a kid how much was enough? <laughs> And then you got older and you're like, that's not enough anymore. Do You see there's something in us that I think was disrupted, maybe specifically in the 80s, maybe before. And you and I begin to go after more, 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 more. Let me give you some historical examples. In the 1940s, again, uh, wasn't around, but in the 1940s, in the 1940s uh, there were things like credit was available. Uh, let me give you an example where you could go to a store, and, and if you didn't have the cash on hand at that time, they would have they can give you a credit, and you could just say, put you know put it on my tab, but here's credit. And and the reason that they did that, a store would do that, is to get you to be loyal to them, so that like well, hey we'll give you credit, so you can come keep coming back, and you don't have you just pay us back you know each month. Well, <laughs> in the 80s, the Supreme Court made a ruling that changed the game. The Supreme Court made it allowable for banks to charge really high interest rates. And banks were like, hmm, so you're saying that if we let people have credit and they use that credit, we can continue to charge them extra each month and make money? Uh Uh-huh, we'd like to do that. And if you go back to the 80s, uh, credit cards for department stores all over the place begin to spring up. You could get them no matter what for, I mean, uh, for any department stores, gas. If you're like, well, David, that's normal now. I know in the 80s is when this began to get traction. Let me say it extremely plainly. We began to get what we want and pay what we want. This was a new thing. This was a concept that was not a normal trend. In fact, I've asked my grandparents who, who went through the Great Depression, you're like, hey, was that tough? Like, like, well, it was tough, but not as tough as you think it was because we were used to only spending what we had. And I'm like, what? They were used to not just going to get anything and everything as soon as it came out, as soon as it was released. I was like, whoa. And... and this new trend in the 80s began to happen. Basically, if you wanted it, a credit card company would say, well, then you ought to have it. And, and you only have to pay, don't pay the whole price right now. Give us 15 to 30 bucks per month and, and you'll be able to enjoy it and we will bleed you dry and it'll be great. It'll be great. Uh, I'm not hating on you, by the way, if you're like, if right now you're sweating, you're like, he's just going to tell us we're bad because we have debt. No, I'll, I'll tell a story on myself. I remember when I wanted my first car. went to my parents, like, hey, would you buy me my first car? They, when they got done laughing, uh, I was like, oh, OK. And so uh, most people would say, well, then you should save up, right? That would be a logical thing. No, I didn't want to. I had other things I wanted to do. And eventually, though, I was like, I have to have a car. I mean, I needed a girlfriend. and. Uh, they didn't like it when I drove my parents' car. And so, so I was like, well, I want a car. And I, I found the car I, I wanted, but I didn't have the money for it. So I was told if you go to a bank and tell the bank, I, uh, I found a car I'd like, can you help me, that they would gladly help you. And so I went to a bank, the, and, and, and they loaned me money for my first car. And we, all we talked about was the, was the monthly payment. You ever been there? Well, the monthly payment. That's all I cared about. I didn't care what the price of the car was or the finance fees or anything. Who cares? I want the car, and I could afford the monthly payment. So I went and bought my, my first car. Knight Rider was the best TV show ever invented. <laughs> Just I'm bringing you back. I found it. This was literally my first car. Now, some of you are like, that's cool. Yeah, I borrowed, and I am not joking, every single penny, including the sales tax. To me, I was like, I am the luckiest person in the world. They let me borrow all of this, and I began to make the monthly payment. The problem was, this will shock you, at one moment... I was at this place, and they said, hey, would you like this free bag? I was like, I would. All you got to do is sign up for this credit card. I was like, that's a sweet deal. Let's do that. So I signed up for the credit card. I got the credit card. Then I thought, I'm hungry. Let's go out to eat. And I began to rack up a bill on the credit card and the, the monthly payment in connection with my, uh, my car payment. And you see, am I just telling you real life? Most of us have learned this lesson. This was my learning lesson. And I began to stack these monthly payments to the moment that I was like, you know what? I'm tired of paying that.
1: So I stopped
0: paying that. Mm -hmm. They called. If you've ever wondered what happens, they called and I ignored them. Summertime came and I went, it was was during college and and I went home. They started calling my parents. That's an awkward conversation. And I spent the rest of the summer because my parents paid the bill, and I worked all summer, and I never even saw a paycheck. It just was, here you go, mom and dad. Here you go, here you go, here you go. Maybe you have your own story of going after more when what you wanted, what you craved, or maybe you even justified and said, I need this. And you took what you didn't have, put it together, and went after it, this, I need more. What if that's the lifestyle that you don't have to live? What if you and I don't have to buy? And I know many of us will have car payments. David, those are normal. This is normal. This. Is, what, what, what if there's a better way? How do we not say yes to more? Think a good example is Jesus' life. Let me show it to you. Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. If you don't know his, history, he, he just been baptized. He was led by the Spirit. In the wilderness, where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing. You need to know that that is not an overgeneralization. He ate nothing. Nothing. Some of you are hungry right now. He ate nothing. Jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry. Then the devil said to him, Oh, I got an idea for you, Jesus. I mean, if you're the Son of God, tell this stone to become a, a loaf of bread because I know that you are craving a loaf, you're craving food. But Jesus told him no. Ha <laughs> figure that. He said no. The scripture say people do not live by bread alone. Let's just let's just talk about Jesus for a moment. He's not eating. I have difficulty going from lunch to dinner. Okay? And some of you don't hate. You're like, you're like, yeah, yeah. Then Let's talk about not eating for a day. That's tough, right? Let's talk about two days, three days, four. You see, we begin to become crazy people when we don't eat. Can you imagine the state of your mind when you've not eaten for days upon days upon weeks upon weeks, and all of a sudden someone brings up the idea, hey, why don't you just do this? And many of us are like, mm, that's a good idea. I need, I need that. I, des- I deserve that. I have to have that. And by the end we're like, this is the best thing for me. This is what God wants. But Jesus, you know that He was fully God, fully man, so he was hungry. Just I know it's obvious, but I think it's worth bringing up. He was hungry. He was hungry, and he tells the devil, "No. Do you know what that means? He was still hungry. Have you ever, if, you've, if you're not new to this, have you ever thought about the process of Jesus saying no? Oftentimes we, we hear the story and we're like, oh, that's wonderful. But right after the moment, he's still hungry. And we now live in a culture who justifies that that is not a good way of living. Jesus, Jesus decided actually in that moment, catch this, to starve his body so that he didn't starve his soul. I wonder if a couple of questions would prompt you. I wonder if a couple of questions might prompt and help you know, do you have the vice of the 80s in your character? Here's the questions. What are you starving and what are you feeding? When you begin to go after these, you'll begin, no matter if you were born in the 80s, before or after, you'll know if the decade of the 80s has impacted you. Because I would say a vast majority of us are starving the wrong things and feeding the wrong things. Now, now, a lot of times we justify what we feed. We're like, well, well, David, 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 if, if I had, when I have this, well, then. Like, if, if this were to play out in my life, if, if this were a part of my life, if I owned this, if this, if, then, right? If, then I would be happy if I could just get this. The problem is, according to psychologists, you and I, come on, be honest, you and I mispredict all the time where happiness really comes from. You ever been there? You don't have to raise your hand. I just know it's true. Where we mispredict it. We're like, hey, if this, I'll I'll be good. I'll be good. Once once I'm married, all my problems will go away. Okay. Or or maybe if I have kids, then that's all I ever want in the rest of my life. Or or maybe it's, it's a job title or a certain dollar amount in your bank account. Many of us mispredict what is the pinnacle of life. Here's what a psychologist says about this, because I think it's important. Each time our brain experiences a success, maybe in our terms, the more that we were going after. Each time our brain experiences a success, it moves the goalposts of what success looks like. Did you know that? Did you know that about you? That's why some of us, as soon as we got what we wanted, it took about a day till we needed something different. Maybe you're good, it took about a week or a month or a year. I'm telling you, many of us are impacted by the 80s in a way that you do not want to pass it on. Here, here's what we're going after. The 80s have this tendency to introduce something to, a, to our culture that if you're not careful, you're going to pass it on. As, as your pastor, let me give you what the 80s did. The pursuit of success. Excuse the feeding of our soul. This, 80s gave us a lot of great stuff, fun stuff. But it also gave us this. And if you're not careful, if you don't pay attention to culture, this could be a part of your life. I, I, I need to say some things that may not land the way I want them to, so I just have to give you a bit of a disclaimer at first that what I'm about to tell you... Um, What I'm about to tell you, I say with extreme love, okay? Many of us are going after this and we're neglecting this. But listen, but even worse, we're encouraging this in our kids and letting them choose this on their own, which is so broken. Many of us force our kids to go to school, which you should. Many of us refuse to let our kids quit an instrument or a sport which you don't let them quit. But this, it's like if you got time, if you want to. I find it fascinating that many of us no longer even feed our soul except for maybe an hour a week, and that's not even every week. Oh, but we don't neglect this. You see the problem? In the temptation of Jesus, he, he's laying out saying, no, the soul is more important than the body. In fact, let me me show you something. You've probably heard this, this gets quoted all the time. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Hmm. How, How many premier athletes do we know that got success but are now tumbling because we found out their character, their soul, was broken how many musicians how many elite people how many people that we've followed that we've listened to that 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 have been important in our lives they got they got success but certainly their soul and many of us were like yeah it's so sad do you know that in a group like this those of us listening do you do you know that many of us are doing the exact same thing we're just not as high profile It's because of greed, and the 80s really went after this. Let me give you a definition of greed that you may not be accustomed to. Excessive love or, or desire for security and independence. Not almost was, no, 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 <laughs> no. Greed is about, about money. It's, it's about being stingy. Mm. I think if you sat down with a counselor, this might come up is this pursuit for security and independence. This idea that if I could get secure and independent, then I can be who I'm supposed to be, but I don't have to be who I'm supposed to be until I get there. And many of us are pursuing not God. No. And in fact here, many of us are not actually trying to be good parents or good friends or good spouses. We're just trying to be secure and independent. Dangerous. Proverbs speaks towards this. The greedy bring ruin to their households. You know that. I mean, we all know this. The greedy bring ruin to their households, but the one who hates bribes Will live. I just want to. The one who hates bribes, do you know that's what temptation basically is? The devil trying to bribe you. The devil trying to kind of like, hey, I got this deal for you, right? And I'm going to work out this deal for you. It's a bit of a, it'll turn into a bribe, but I got this bribe for you. Do you know that if you resist that temptation, if you, if you push against it, oh, good things could happen? There, uh, there are moments in your life where you will have multiple decisions about what you're going to protect, success or your soul. And I wonder what you're going to go after. Uh, the temptation of Jesus. You remember, he, he was tempted multiple times. If you don't know the story, he was tempted three times and, and, and was fasting and all that. I don't know if you ever paid attention to, the, to, the, to just like the very end part. Let me show you something. When the devil had finished all this tempting, you're like, whew, good. He left him until an opportune time. At first, it seems like no biggie. You're like, "Uh, is there more to this, David? He left him until an opportune time. Let me help you. In other words, it appeared as though this was not an opportune time. An opportune time, he was not being successful. In other words, Jesus' soul was so healthy, so full, so in the right place, <laughs> he wasn't very temptable. What if you had an option? You don't have to raise your hands on this. What if you had the ability to get Satan out of your business for a little bit? Oh, what if you could, like, you know the break from temptation? The, hey, I would just like him just to go somewhere else for a while. What if, what if he would leave you because you are no longer an opportune person? See, you become an opportunity when you are going after success in a dangerous way. Let me, let me tell you one more study, and then we're going to go after this. Uh, the University of Minnesota wondered something about what you and I do when we pursue our cravings what happens so here's what they did uh, they, they went to some college students and and they put like office products in front of them I know that's like um for my wife that's the most amazing thing for me I'm like what are we doing in here but they put like they put things that they would need like binder clips and stuff like that and they said hey students uh take whatever you need right well they did into the study <laughs> They invited students back again, same setup, here's some office product stuff, uh, take what you need, but they, but they, they did something different. Here, they, they fed half of them cake before they walked in, which I can't, I'd like to have that study. I just would like to be like, can I have the, can we do? Do you know that the ones who ate the cake took fewer things when they went in there? Weird at first. You're like, hmm. so if you're not hungry, you take less. So they, they had to do another study. They had to the say, like, okay, we don't, we're not sure exactly what they need. So they went to a department store. When people came out, this would be weird as hell. They said, all right, can we see your receipts? <laughs> weird, but they said, oh, we're doing a study. Would you give us permission to see your receipts? So they said, sure, we'll do the study. They designed some stuff. And, and in the survey, they had to talk about how hungry they were while they would just shopping. The ones who indicated that they were hungry while they were shopping bought more and bought things they weren't even shopping for. Here's what they concluded. When tempted by things to buy, the internal message, I want food, gets pared down to simply, I want. Have you ever met someone who didn't plan on having an affair, but then did? Have you ever met someone who did something that you're like, I can't believe they did that? It just shocked you because they didn't seem like that kind of person. You see, what we know with psychology, but more importantly, with God, we know that if you and I starve our souls, We bite temptation that we never otherwise would have gone after. And the 80s show us that this is dangerous. So what do we do? Let me put together all that I've told you. Feed your soul so that you can deny yourself. If you are tired of doing things that you know you should not do, if you are tired of getting yourself into messes that you never should have been there, it was your decision, your choice, you're like, oh, why do I keep doing this? If you've ever felt shame and that regret, and you're like, oh, I wish this would stop, I wish I didn't always, don't, just tell yourself, stop it. (laughs) Because that rarely works for any of us. At least long-term, it rarely works. It might work for a little bit. If you want to s- start to deny the things, the, the more that is lying to you, your soul needs to be full. Full. So how does a person begin to fill their soul? How does a person begin to put into their soul what is necessary and good and healthy and right? Right. I thought I'd give you a tip. It's something I've learned. Decide what you won't neglect. The 80s introduced a new kind of parenting, by the way. Sadly, where people would neglect their family for a little bit with the illusion that one day they would return to their family and all of a sudden be a good parent. Spouses have done this also to each other. Friends have done this, where they decided to just separate completely just to go after a certain relationship, and then they ended up going, that didn't work, and now they've lost everything. Decide what you won't neglect. If you want to make sure that you don't give in to temptation in ways that you should never, decide what you won't neglect. Let me give you an example, because it has everything to do with your soul. Think about what you do when you get up. I'll just walk you into my life. Um... (laughs) I have an incredible wife who, when I say I'm married up, that does not adequately describe my situation. People are often confused when they see my wife and talk to her and they're like, you married David, okay. (laughs) My parents, my parents, my own parents regularly say, well done, I was talking to my grandma the other day. She's like, wow, I just want to stop for a minute and tell you, you really married well, David." I'm like, why is everyone bringing this up constantly? (laughs) I did. I have three kids. Soon to be four at any moment. I have a full-time job. I've started actually working out, and that is usually in the mornings. I have started to put things in my life. But you know what I won't neglect? Every single morning... I stop and have some moments with God. Because if I know, if I try to be a husband, or or a parent, or a pastor, or just try to be healthy without that time, with a starved soul, I go at it wrong. I say stupid things. I don't say the right thing. I mess up. I think wrong, and so if you're like, "Oh, I bet pastor," so I get on my knees and pray for the first three hours of the day. No, I don't. I'll tell you. You know, I do. You know, I do the first thing in the morning. I spend about ten minutes. That's it. In the morning. I have a notebook, I open up, I write about four lines of just conversations with God. God, here's what I'm thinking, here's what I'm struggling with, here's what I'm in love with, here's what's going on, close it up. I open up another book that's a one-page devotional and I read it and I highlight things that just stand out. I close it, boom, open up my Bible to where I ended reading I'm going through the Gospels right now, I wanna learn more about Jesus. I read just a little bit, I close this up and I go on my way. So that my soul is ready for the day. Now later on I spend more time with him. Decide what you won't neglect. Decide how full your soul is going to be because do you know that's no one else's choice but yours? Stop waiting for another person to intervene in in your rock bottom moment and just start filling your soul. If you just paid attention to what you listened to on the way to work or school, how about that five minutes, ten minutes, or how long your commute is? What if you listened to something different that fed your soul, that told you about how great God is, and prepped you for the rest of the day? It's powerful what you and I have access to. Just about any music we want, Listen to books. The Bible can be read to you. It's beautiful for free on the way to work if you want it. You'd be amazed if you just took 10 minutes in the morning and did something with God, what that would do to your soul. So how do we respond to the 80s? Don't chase more so much that you end up with less. The decade of the 80s is full of things that you look back and you're like, I'm not sure about that hair. Or fashion decisions and music stuff, movies, I don't know what you did. But all of us, whether we were a part of the 80s or not, all of us, all of us, all of us, can say, you know what? Am I chasing the wrong thing? Perhaps some of you are overworking Perhaps some of you are not present in your marriage or a dating relationship. Maybe you're not giving you the effort that you ought to at school. Maybe as a Christian, you've just been distant from God. But I think this, this is how you and I don't pass the bad vice of the 80s onto the next generation. We stop it with us. I think this is what God wants us to hear. So let me pray for you. Heavenly Father. Thank you for uh, grace and mercy because I think many of us, uh, myself included, uh, we go after more in ways that we shouldn't. God, for those right now who are feeling the presence of your Holy Spirit speaking to them and nudging them, Lord, would you just help us to be open to whatever you have to say? God, we want to be people who are not consumed by what just culture tells us to have. So, Lord, would you help us have freedom? This week, Lord, would you help us, just even, even bump us, prompt us to spend more time this week with you than we did last week? And God, our goal, just so you know, our goal is just to know you more to be close to you. So God, guide us, lead us as a church, as individuals, so that we can show people who you are because our souls are full. We pray this in your name, amen.